Live from South Florida, the Brian Mudd Show starts right now. Now, now. News Radio 610 WIOD. Republican Governor Ron DeSantis has been focused on election reform. Republican state lawmakers passing a bill creating the Office of Election Crimes and Security, which would focus solely on election-related crimes. It's something the governor proposed. This measure now heads to his desk and is expected to be signed into law. Yeah, of course, one of the items that I talked about heading into this state legislative session, among other issues, we have over 150 referred cases of voter fraud sitting before state prosecutors, most of which are right here in the Tri-County, more in Broward than any other county in the state. Miami-Dade's next. Palm Beach County has a dozen last I saw. Hillsborough won't even tell the state exactly what's going on there. So we have over 150 cases of officially referred voter fraud to state attorneys, and they won't even pursue them. Won't even pursue them. So, yeah, do you think that matters? A state agency, because if our local prosecutors aren't going to do their job to ensure that we have integrity in our elections, then we should just say, okay, well, let's just hope there's not much fraud. Is that the idea? No, we we should do something about it, which is what that proposal is about. Hey, um, that escalated quickly, right? And by that, I mean, really, this whole past year under, under the Biden administration, it's probably worked out much worse than you ever thought it would, even if you were not too optimistic going in. And so true with gas prices as well, now averaging four thirty-five a gallon in Florida this morning, another 14 cents higher than yesterday. And, of course, we got the most recent read on inflation, 7.9%, another new 40-year high uh, from 7.5% a month ago. But, of course, when we got the number a month ago, what did I tell you? you got to be prepared for another 2% beyond where we were. Why? Because we knew in real time life was still costing us more, and it was evident based upon trends that life was going to continue to cost more based upon the failed decisions largely coming out of Washington. And so here's the thing you know in real time. Is the inflation rate really 7.9%? No. Life's a hell of a lot more expensive right now than it was a month ago, right? As bad as that was. So a month from now, when we're told what's happening now... You know it's going to be higher. And I say again, you got to be ready for that 95 to 10% inflation. I wish it weren't real. But then again, I wish we had competent leadership in Washington, and we don't. So, you know, we got to deal with what we can. At least we have competent leadership in the state of Florida. And joining us from the state legislative session, State Representative Tom Fabrico. Tom, thanks for taking the time with us. Brian, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and I'm interested in talking to you about a lot of what's moving here. And, uh, you know, a lot of the high-profile issues, obviously – as mentioned in the the opening clip there, you do have the Election Office of Integrity that's being established. Tell us a little bit about what this does do from the state level at the point where it ends up being signed by the governor. Right. Well, it creates this uh, state uh, security office uh, to make sure that uh, that the election laws are followed and there's going to be some FDLE personnel handling these investigations. And i got to tell you, uh, I'm sure you remember, I'm, I'm certain you remember, and most of your listeners will remember, the supervisor of election in Broward County, Brenda Snipes. And uh, it, it was really a nightmare for many of us. And yep. that's really what we want to make sure. We want to make sure that doesn't happen again. 
Um, you know, thankfully, uh, Governor DeSantis appointed uh, Pete Antonacci to head that uh, super, as supervisor of election for term. And now we have a new supervisor of election that was elected. And we certainly want elected supervisors of elections. And I have no I, I have no indication that he's going to do anything improper. But uh, because of supervisors like uh, Ms. Snipes, uh, it is very concerning. And we do need to make sure that that we don't have any voter fraud. Yeah, and of course, Susan Booker in Palm Beach County as well. And yeah, we'll uh, right. forever remember exactly what happened there. In fact, one day, a uh, long, long way from now, maybe I'll write a book about some of the details of what went on to ensure that we had an integrity in the end in that process. Though, you still had the Agriculture Commissioner race that ended up flipping past the point where a legal ballot had been tabulated in Broward and Palm Beach County. But that's all for a different day. But yeah, that's a good illustration, Tom. And Another one in particular that is gaining a lot of attention is the woke bill, as it's now been dubbed by many. But what this really is, not even so much about critical race theory, but the tenets of it, because the legislation itself doesn't even mention critical race theory, but instead deals with the notion of our country being systemically racist. Tell us about the individual freedom bill. Sure. Uh, it's, it's an important bill, and, and, and people... People should not ever have to be taught, whether in the workplace or in school. I mean, you know, I have two little girls, and I certainly don't want anybody to ever be taught uh, or put in a position that they are bad because they're members of any group in particular, uh, because uh, the color of their skin or because uh, of where they were born or because of what their parents do or any of, anything of that nature. Uh, you, you, you can't teach that. Um, you know, it, and, and that's that's the essence of what that bill goes for. Then you have, of course, the parental rights in education. This, of all the reporting, has been the one that's been the most bastardized. As you know, it's been reported as as don't say gay when in reality doesn't prohibit anyone from saying gay. Even a teacher doesn't prohibit. But uh, you know, give us give us a rundown from your perspective on this one. So this is an interesting bill, and it's like you mentioned, it's uh, the most falsely stated. Uh, so, and this bill was filed uh, by the my seat neighbor, the gentleman who sits next to me on the floor, Joe Harding, and I'm really proud of him for the bill. And I'm impressed with the amount of media coverage that it's gotten. I mean, it's, it's been on Saturday Night Live. It's, yeah. You know, it's getting coverage uh, coast to coast. Uh, and 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 simply put, and again, I have two little girls. Uh, a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old, and and it's inappropriate for little children to be to have to deal with and to be uh, to be engaged in curriculum because that's what the bill deals with. It deals with curriculum for uh, K through three uh, with regard to gender issues. Uh, it's just not right. I mean, it's uh, if the conversation comes up in the classroom organically or something happens, nobody nobody's at fault. But it's. The, the bill talks about curriculum, what's taught to our youngest children. And this isn't the type of thing that should be dealt with in the classroom. It should be, the conversation should be led by the parents. I mean, I, I you know, we've been talking about it for months, uh, if not longer, that, you know, parents are the ones that get to decide what their, what their children are taught, not school boards. It shouldn't be a government board that sits around and decides that, oh, we want to teach your kids all these woke elements. We want to teach your kids about these different types of families. We love all kinds of families. We love all of God's creatures. However, it's really for parents to decide how that education occurs, especially at such a tender year, at such tender, tender age. 
And Tom, to your point, I'm going to tie a couple of these educational themes together. First, with the individual freedom legislation. The best argument against either of these pieces of legislation from where I sit is, well, it's just not necessary because we don't have educators teaching students that this country is systemically racist, except that we know that you had the 1619 Project that was put into school libraries by the Pulitzer Center going back a few years ago. So it is in there. We also know that there were numerous, even South Florida school teachers, who signed a pledge to the Zen Project last summer before it was taken down, stating explicitly that indeed they would teach critical race theory in Florida. That came after the Florida Board of Education had banned the practice. And so it was obvious what their intent was. So it's evidenced that there is the opportunity and even desire by educators. Then you get into the parental rights in education. Best argument, well, I mean, look, you're not going to have teachers that are are talking to kids about their sexuality, you know, in grades K through 3. Except then you take a look at what State Senator Lauren Book said on Monday. In her emotional rebuttal against this passing, what she stated was, Children need a safe place where they can be seen and heard, implying that A, parents can't be trusted, and B, that kids between the ages of five and eight need to be having these conversations with their teachers about their sexuality. So, Tom, it seems to me that the Democrats have hypocritically undermined their entire argument here. They have, and I got to tell you about that point in particular. Um, and, you know, it's a point, this one angle here doesn't get a lot of playtime, or maybe it does, and I'm just not hearing it, but th- this issue of that the, the, the student and the teacher should have some sort of privileged conversation that the, te- that's, that, that the teacher doesn't speak to the parent about is absolutely uh, ridiculous, and it is extremely concerning. You know, if, you know, if my seven-year-old is having conversations, my seven-year-old is having conversations with her teacher and the teacher doesn't, uh, is, is not telling me about important elements, uh, that's, that is massively problematic. These are my children. They're not the teacher's children. They're, they're definitely not the state's children. They're my kids. Tom, well said. I'm sorry we, we don't have more time. I wish we did, but I'll let you get back to it because I know you're in the, the middle of the uh, the final days here of the state legislative session. Thank you for taking the time with, with us. Look forward to checking back with you once you're back home. Thanks so much, Brian. Take care. Have a great day. Got it. South Florida State Rep. Tom Fabrico. All right. We will have Erica trending story next here on the Brian Mudd Show. News Radio 610 WIOD. 